0: Flags are everywhere, and some are better than others. On this biweekly podcast, we analyze the history, the design, and the cultural significance of different flags from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. This episode, we're gonna be exploring the history and the cultural influence of the notorious Union Jack. I'm John Meredith, and this is Flag Theory. Before we jump into anything, let's refresh our memory on the names and geography of the British Isles. So, Great Britain refers to the largest island that is home to England, Scotland, and Wales, where the United Kingdom refers to Great Britain plus the northern part of Ireland. I'm hoping that's kind of making some sense already, but since this is a podcast, I can only describe geography in so much detail, so I recommend heading over to our Instagram, at Flag Theory Podcast, where you can find a map of the British Isles, as well as some photos of flags that we're going to be talking about later in this episode. So let's not waste any more time, and let's walk through the design guidelines like we always do. Rule number one, is it simple? The Union Jack is absolutely iconic. You can see it everywhere. But this flag is actually a combination of three different flags, which are one, St. George's Cross, a red cross on a white background representing England, two, St Andrew's Cross, a white X on a blue background representing Scotland and three, St Patrick's Cross, a red X on a white background representing Ireland. All on their own these flags are great individually, but all together this flag does get a bit complicated. Rule number two, meaningful symbolism. As I said, there are three crosses that make up the Union jack, and they're just layered on top of each other. All these layers are so old that their history is more legend than truth, But they're also very symbolic and are named after the patron saints of the countries that they represent. St. George's Cross for England, St. Andrew's Cross for Scotland, and St. Patrick's Cross for Ireland. Most of the symbolism that they have is embedded into their history as well, which is why we're going to get into that after the design analysis. And I can tell you already that the symbolism is there, so good job United Kingdom. Rule number three, does it have two to three colors? So this flag is red, white, and blue. Very solid, simple color combination, good job. Rule number four, no lettering or numbers. Happy to report that there are no letters or numbers of any kind that I could find. Rule number five, is the flag unique? This flag is very unique due to the fact that it is a combination of three different flags. The only thing about this that makes it not as unique is the fact that it is included as a canton of so many countries and territories around the world because of the huge colonial efforts of the British Empire back in the day. For example, here's a small list of flags that currently include the Union Jack. Australia, New Zealand, Tuvalu, the Cook Islands, Fiji, Queensland, British Columbia, Ontario, Manitoba, Newfoundland and Labrador, Bermuda, the Falkland Islands, New UA, Canton, Massachusetts, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and even the US state of Hawaii, which was never actually colonized by Great Britain, so why it's there is going to be a story for another episode. And here are some countries that have used a form of the Uni Jack in their designs at some point of their history South Africa, Hong Kong, Singapore, Cyprus, Malta, the United States, and Canada, like we talked about in episode two. I don't actually hate having a Uni Jack in the corner of a flag just aesthetically but when you put it on half the world at some point, it does get a little old. Like I said earlier, most of this history is pretty much just legend, since most of these stories happened about a thousand years ago. So first off, let's start out with St. George's cross. So this is a red cross on a white background, named after St. George, the patron saint of England, as well as of their military. Who'd wear this design on his armor, but my favorite part about this is St. George's claim fame. According to legend, during one of his crusades, St. George came upon a town in which a dragon would demand sacrifices from the villagers, such as sheep or even people, in exchange to keep the dragon from attacking the city. So St. George comes along and hears about this dragon, and he gets on his horse, charges the dragon with his lance wounding it, and puts some sort of harness or lease on the dragon, and then he led the dragon to the city and offer to kill the dragon if the city converts to Christianity. They, of course, agree to get rid of this dragon. And so St. George beheads the dragon and thereby converts 15,000 people in the city to Christianity. So this this is a crazy story and keep in mind that this is actually called the Golden Legend. According to tradition, Richard the Lionheart himself adopted both the flag and the patron saint for England. The motives are speculated to have been because when England flew the St. George's cross while entering the Mediterranean, they were protected by the Genoese fleet, and in return the English monarch would send a tribute, a sort of thank you gift, for protecting their ships. Second, St. Andrew's cross. It is called St. Andrew's cross because St. Andrew, an apostle of Jesus Christ, was crucified on an X-shaped cross by the Romans in Greece. St. Andrew's cross, also known as the Scottish Saltire, is the oldest part of the flag. The white X on a blue background has a history going back to 832. Legend has it that King Angus, losing the battle of Aethelstainford in the year 1832, he then led a prayer and vowed that if Saint Andrew helped him win the battle that he would make Saint Andrew the patron saint of Scotland. Then miraculously, the clouds formed an X in front of the blue sky forming a Scottish saltire. The tides of the battle then turned and the Scottish forces defeated the Saxons. In 1606, after James I had become king, the Scottish and English flags were then combined because the United Kingdom was formed for the first time. And this is why Wales isn't on the flag. The final and relatively modern portion of the Union Jack is the St. Patrick Saltire, which is a red saltire, red X, on a white background. St. Patrick is, again, the patron saint of Ireland, but actually the cross has nothing directly to do with St. Patrick. It is called his cross because of a British chivalric organization in Ireland called the Order of St. Patrick, who adopted the red saltire as their emblem. So some Irishmen do hate the symbol because it is technically a British symbol given to them. This saltire was added to the Union Jack as part of the 1801 Act of Union of Ireland with England and Wales. Despite the continued contention over the sovereignty of Ireland, the red saltire is the icing on the cake and creates the flag that we all know and love today. The most pressing issue about the Union Jack is actually still up in the air. Because of Brexit and the division of desires between England, Scotland, and Wales, there is a very real chance of another try for Scottish independence since their last attempt in 2014. This would technically get rid of the cross of St. Andrew and from a pure design standpoint, the Union Jack without the blue is quite sad looking. The flag of the United Kingdom has to be one of the most iconic ever but what I love so much about this flag is that it's actively blending the heritage of the lands that the UK encapsulates, except for Wales, which I don't really understand at all because if you have a chance to put a dragon on the flag, I think you choose the dragon every time. Thanks for listening this week to Flag Theory. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions for the show, email us at flagtheorypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or Instagram message me at flagtheorypodcast. You can also find pictures of the flags that we talked about in a guide format on the Instagram page too, so you should check that out. The music and editing was done by John Meredith. Sarah Meredith was consulted for the script. Don't forget that you can get a free audiobook and a month subscription for free on Audible if you head over to audibletrial.com slash It's the easiest way to support the podcast. Next episode of the podcast is on Halloween, and it's the flag of Portugal. Can't wait to see you then.